Welcome to the Family Foundation Podcast. Welcome to the Family Foundation Podcast. Welcome to the family. Welcome to the family. Key. Power. The. Legacy. Welcome to Family Podcast with my mom and dad. Welcome to the Family Foundation Podcast. It's Papa Lou. Lady Lou is not here again. She is watching the little ones. You know what I'm saying? It takes... It takes dream work, you know, teamwork <laughs> to make the dream work. You know what I mean? Uh, thank you for tuning in to the family meeting. The family meeting is now in session. Let the gavel drop. Family Foundation podcast serves as a resource towards sparking conversations among progressive families. We are building on lessons learned from our ancestors while constructing a future legacy in real time. The rebrand, you know what I mean? It's me. I'm reaching out to those that inspire me. In some way to discuss family, motivation, creativity, um, you know, just pushing through barriers in general and just actualizing goals. As a legacy builder, you must surround yourself with people that keep you in that headspace. That's what I've learned. So I'm sharing with you. All right. And today I have another special guest, special guest. He's a father, a husband. And the creator and host of the nationally acclaimed <laughs> Dissect Podcast, the man himself, Cole Kushner. Yeah. yeah. What's up, man? What's good? Man, I'm, I'm super excited that you're here. You know what I mean? Uh, you're a humble, humble guy. I want to go ahead, you know, I got the, the New York Times Best Five podcast. Oh, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Slight flex on them, man. What's up? <laughs> Come on. Talk that talk, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> I let the yeah let the times talk for me yeah all right all right I feel you but yeah so we plan to discuss or I plan to discuss with this young man um adjusting to you know adjusting the two children parenting uh marriage work-life balance um uh, violent crimes you know fathering two girls yeah yeah you feel me <laughs> and of Some course light, light issues <laughs> and of course dissect podcast um uh so I had let me see man my notes is all scattered for some reason but I was trying to like think about for sure like we met we met through our children attending the same day like daycare yeah yeah and doing like the birthday party circuit and Shout all that out busy bee yeah <laughs> the busy bee birthday party cir- birthday yeah. party circuit <laughs> um and then I'll start going on this long list of things that we have in common, but it kind of sounds weird when I just start going, oh man, got this in common with you. This co-. I told my wife, she's like, uh, why would I? That kind of sounds a little. A lot. <laughs> we got a lot of common though. Yeah, sure. yeah, for sure. I was like, but one thing I do is so Sac State, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, alumni for sure. Yeah. Rep, stingers up. Uh, another one thing I would say uh, was like, just a, I said a hype dad beast or an unwashed pop. Or fashion forward father. There it is, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you just keep it, you know, keep it groovy out here, still moving and shaking, yeah, but yeah. being a dad, you know yeah. what I mean? You ain't tuck it in. You don't got to tuck it in and let the belly hang all the way. You can suck it in and walk around. You know what I'm saying? And still have some fashion about yourself. Yeah, I So I thought that was something, too, that, you know, we could discuss. Yeah. Um, but, you know, to kind of get you in, get you in, I want to just ask you if you... um. If you have any like childhood memories, um, you know, uh, things that um, particular moments or positive moments that you remember like growing up as a kid. 
Yeah, I think, <clears throat> let's see. I mean, the one that always comes to my mind, I, I don't know if it's my earliest memory, but it's like definitely one of the more vivid ones. My dad would always play the Beatles like crazy loud. My dad's always been into like stereo systems and like big speakers and stuff. So he would play the Beatles while he was cleaning the house and he loves to clean. He was cleaning all the time and he'd clean every weekend. He'd always blast the Beatles or mostly the Beatles I remember, but sometimes it was like U2 or Pink Floyd or something. But I really remember the Beatles just crazy volume in my house while I was cleaning on the weekends. Wow. So that one's always sticks out probably because it's musical, but I mean, I had a great childhood overall. So, you know, a lot of the memories are just like, you know, family vacations, you know, we went to Hawaii a couple of times. I remember that, um, you know, just Christmas, always having great Christmases and stuff. I mean, it's all, it's all, I'm really like, like crazy lucky that I, when I look back on my childhood, it's all pretty positive, you know? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I like asking that question, but I haven't specifically answered it either. So I, I want to kind of share a yeah, childhood no, memory for sure. For sure. Um, <clears throat> one thing, so you kind of mentioned your pops and uh, my father passed recently uh, about a year ago, but there's this memory of him, like just me and him just jumping in the car and taking like road trips, mm. which is spontaneous. Like, yeah, well, like, you know, they were planned to him, but I was a kid, <laughs> so they were spontaneous to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, just taking like little road trips. Yeah. Um, and then just like thinking back, like, Oh, I remember being a kid, just like falling asleep on his shoulder, mm. or, like just falling asleep on his knee or something. And yeah. like in one of those little bed trucks with this, the two, the, like the three, the bed yeah. in the front, like three seats or yeah. whatever. And I was like, man, those uh, like stuck with me. Yeah. And just being like, okay, that was like a cool bonding experience. Yeah, that's awesome. With just me and my dad, because I have a brother too, but it's like just us two taking those trips. And like, yeah, it's funny. Like the, the memories that stick out from childhood are like when you do go on like adventures or travel or, you know, those are some of the first things that came to my mind were, yeah, trips to Hawaii or even when you were talking, I was reminding of, reminded of, we'd always go camping, um, it wasn't that far away. It was about 40 minutes away, but we had this membership. It was just like private, basically private property on a kind of a river type area. We'd always go camping there. And one time it was just me, my mom, sister, and my dad camping in the tent. And it just started pouring down rain, like incredible amounts of rain. And I started crying. <laughs> like I was so scared. I remember being so scared. And then my dad kind of just like chuckling and just like telling me it was going to be all right. But, oh wow! Yeah, yeah. Are you an only child? No, I have a sister. Oh, okay, two couple of years older. Yeah. All right. So she was. Uh, was I she, can't remember she, if she was crying <laughs> or not. My my memory is so bad. Like it's horrible. Um, I kind of skipped over this, but you know, it's all good. Um, family update. Yeah, yeah. The family update. Yeah, yeah, I know. What you been up to? Oh, you know the deal. Well, you got to start it. Yeah, oh, you yeah. Start with the, the, yeah. You know, <laughs> what's the family updates? Uh, you know. Um, so you know, the family and I just took a trip to Kauai on a little yeah, mini, that's... little ten day vacation, uh, which you know it was a beautiful, fun trip, relaxing. That was my first time on that island, um, and it's still really cool for like hiking and things yeah. like that. And I enjoyed that. Um, so besides that, the family came back, they were supposed to stay for like 14 days and they were like, uh, grandma, 
my mother-in-law said uh, she didn't want to like help so <laughs> yeah. much more. She was yeah, good. Yeah. She was done. So they changed the trip. <laughs> and for me, I was a little salty. I ain't going to lie. Yeah, we had some partying to do. <laughs> yeah. I was, like, <laughs> I was about to hit up COVID in the streets, turn up Sacramento. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I was like, all right. Uh <laughs> I was doing all this extra stuff because I thought I was like yeah. putting in my due diligence up front <laughs> so I could have that yeah. time to myself yeah. off, but it was canceled. But you know, that's how, you know, men, fathers, pops, we just got to take up. it. Yeah, yeah. you got to step up, whatever it takes. Uh, other thing is one year birthday planning for Kalila is coming up, man. It's coming up so quick. My uh, oh, yeah, baby, my, baby girl. Turning my my wife said we're our, to tell you that we're, we're going to come. All right, you heard this that here. That's all on the record. <laughs> I'm going to record this like <laughs> oh, Just rewound it. Uh, right, for sure. And then another little thing. So, again, when you're on vacation, you got all this time to reflect and think about your life. And I'm like, all right, it's time. I'm seriously considering this year, like, joining a master's program and uh, going for, like, an administrative credential. Awesome. Um, yeah, so, you know, it's going to be hard, but... With the two kids and all that, yeah, yeah. going to school and all, like, so I'm clear this space out. This is my office and just make it real, feel real homey, like in here. Yeah, yeah. So I can play my piano when I'm supposed to be doing homework. <laughs> and uh, that's awesome. You know, uh, yeah, that's awesome. So, uh, what's been up with you, man? Family updates. Family update. Um, oldest daughter who's four, she had her first sleepover last night at grandma's house, mm. which was nice. Um, didn't get to capitalize on it as much as I would like to. I was feeling under the weather, like, you know, yeah. um, but that was cool for her. I, we were, you know, it sounds like you, you guys, they stay at your grandma's a lot or your mom's. Yeah. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> yeah. It's my, well, for sure. Yeah. Zola has stayed with my, and then, yeah, they've taken care of her for a while. Yeah. It was Mabel's first time, um, staying over anywhere without us. So it was kind of, it wasn't a big deal, but, um, we were just curious to see how she'd react, but how she was 100% fine. <laughs> I came in to pick her up today and she was just like, didn't even acknowledge me when I came in the door. <laughs> like she didn't miss me at all. So, I mean, that's actually kind of cool. I like that, that she can be, you know, on her own and yeah, yeah. be fine, you know? So grandma take, took care of her. Yeah. My, yeah. My mom's great with her. So that was a, that was a big deal. Penny, uh, little ones just turned eight months, uh, yesterday. So, wow. Yeah. Crazy. Eight She's months. standing up. Well, not standing up with help now, but like. It's coming. It's coming, man. Yeah. Little Kalila's walking around, so. <laughs> <laughs> man, she's walking, falling, rolling. Yeah. She's like, she's doing crazy. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah think she's trying fast, to talk. Man. Second one goes fast. Yeah. It's for crazy sure. fast. Anything, anything else, man? What's up? Anything else popping off? Mm. You just got back from New York not too long ago, too. Yeah. That was that. cool. Was, I mean, it was a work trip, but it was a good, I mean. I like what I do. So recorded a couple of podcasts there that I'll be releasing pretty soon. And then I did a podcast, a couple of dissect podcasts, but then I did like hype beast podcast. And, uh, what else did I do? Oh, cheddar TV. I was on cheddar TV. It's like a digital TV thing, just all promoting dissect. So, yeah, yeah. But it was actually the first time I've been to New York in good weather and I got to walk around a lot and I stayed in Soho and it's like amazing. Wow. Yeah, man. I've never been, to the east coast i gotta make that trip yeah it's yeah. one of my it's you know wait till the kids are older though yeah for it's not sure. a place for kids for sure. <laughs> dang all right uh so back on my little list of yeah. questions here we go um so like what music are you listening to currently man what's up 
What's with the music vibe? You're one of those guys I always hit up, like, yo, what's, what's yeah. the music like? I mean, Igor, Tyler, the creator, Igor has been on repeat for since it came out pretty much. I listen to it probably every day still. And it helps that Mabel really likes it too. Yeah. So the whole thing, like, it's like, it kind of, it goes, but like when you play it, it doesn't seem like it's just the one song to the next where like, yeah, it's you all connected. Like, wait a second. I was you listening can't really to the first just, song. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so that one's been on a lot. Um, what else recently? Well, if I'm being honest, I probably learned to listen to the Aladdin soundtrack probably more than anything else. <laughs> <laughs> Mabel, Mabel's on a little Aladdin kick right now, which I am also, and they I encourage her because Lion King, man, and then Lion King's next week. Yeah, so <laughs> we'll see. We're going. We're, we should go together. Actually, that'd be fun. But, yeah, um, yeah. I didn't never seen the the original Lion King, so I what? Yeah, B's a little like skeptical about the uh, the the remake. Yeah. But I've never seen the first one. I've, I don't know how that happened, but I've never seen it. So I have no expectations. Wow. Wow. Yeah. How'd you miss that? I don't know. <laughs> we didn't watch a lot of movies when I grew up. And That's actually cool. Aladdin was my favorite movie. So I've been. Uh, well, man. Um, yeah. Shoot. Maybe it made you a more efficient reader, writer or something. I have a lot of yeah, students who like, wait, this one student comes to mind last year, just promoted. He, um. He doesn't watch really, really any movies, but he read like the most books in the whole school. Oh, nice. And he passed like all the like, you know, it's like, wow. All right. Maybe <laughs> I need to get this TV out yeah, the way. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, well, that's what's fun about Mabel right now is that she's, we watch movies together and she can actually sit through a whole movie and she actually just really starting to understand some of the themes and the principles. And I always talk to her about it. Like if you're going to watch TV, if your kids watch TV, I think especially when they get to the age where you can tell they're really processing stuff. I think it's crazy important to like encourage them to be actively thinking about what they're watching rather than just be entertained. Like vegging out. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's time and place for that, but I think like if you're going to take them to the movie, I don't know. Like I always, I always ask, you know, what was the point of the story? You know, why did the bad guy die or whatever happens in the back? Why did that happen to him or yeah, her? Yeah. Just so they, I don't know, like, I'm and maybe I'm an extreme case, but like I really believe in the power of stories and like the power of narrative in terms of like how it could teach us things and how it can make us better people just by I'm just always the most moved by art in general and specifically like music and movies where I want to be kind of always encouraging them to like actively think about the things they're consuming and not just consume them, you know. That's real. I like that because it's like um like comprehension questions so when you read or you watch something or you even look at a picture or anything like asking those questions and just having uh young people think about yeah like dissecting and yeah. analyzing yeah, yeah, yeah. just builds that analyzing and analytical yeah, 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 uh, yeah skill for sure uh i like doing that too just kind of even like me and my daughter zola we we role play so like say we watch mm. Aladdin. I'm the genie the next day. Okay, and then yeah. like, she knows like she'll, yeah. she'll know like parts of the movie. Yeah. Like, it's just pretty cool. But it's, it, what's interesting. They can embody the characters pretty good. Like they know the roles, <laughs> just, but yeah. you know what I mean? Like they know, they know like what's good, what's bad and what makes good and what makes bad behavior, you know? Definitely. Definitely. Um, so we were talking a lot about literature. So I do got to ask this one is like, what are you reading? man? Are you reading anything these days? I just actually this morning I finished. It's a reread, but I reread uh, "No Country for Old Men" 
by mm. Cormac McCarthy. I don't know if you're familiar with that. They made a I've movie. Seen the movie. Yeah. I've seen the movie, yeah. The book. And then I watched the movie last, was it last night or this morning? It was like a guy had like a like a nail gun thing. Yeah, like, yeah, the cow gun. Kind of, yeah. yeah. So that, I, I mean, I'm, Cormac McCarthy's my, like my favorite author. And I, I don't know why I wanted to pick up that book. I, well, I, I read it on uh, Audible, or so I listened to it. Yeah, um, yeah. And then I watched the movie right after because I was interested to see how they kind of adapted it. But so that was, that's been the most recent. Actually, I've been reading the Bible. It's just crazy random for me because I've never read the Bible before and I'm not religious at all. Um, but the the album that I'm working on right now for the next season of Dissect is 100% rooted in the Bible. So um, I've been reading a lot of the biblical stories, which has been pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, I've never made it past Genesis, to be honest, yeah. <laughs> which yeah. is the first part, yeah, yeah. which I need to definitely dive into. Uh, it's good if you have, I'll share you, like I'm working with a co-writer this season and he's been sharing and he's like a biblical expert and he's been sharing um, specific um, passages that relate to the album that I'm dissecting. Yeah. And so that's helped because it's, you know, I wasn't raised religious. And so, and I actually had, if I'm being honest, like kind of a bias against religion for a long time. Not lately, not even in the last 10 years, but definitely when I was in my like early twenties and I definitely was kind of pretentious about it. Um, Just thought it was doing more harm than good. But now that I've, I mean, it goes back to the story thing. Like uh, if you look at the, the Bible outside of, how people can use it for good or bad. Like the stories themselves are super interesting. And I think there's a lot to be kind of extracted from them. There's a reason why they've stuck around for so long. And then the more like actually get to know about what like Jesus represented for people, like a lot of the same conclusions that I came about myself, just by thinking in terms of like how we should act and treat each other mirror, like what Jesus was teaching. Yeah. Sounds like I'm comparing myself to Jesus, but I'm not doing that at <laughs> hey, all. No, no, no. But it's like it's like I, I, uh, something like the universal stuff he was talking about, like really resonates. The power, like his message, was pretty powerful. And I think it, you should compare yourself to Jesus in a way, like yeah, yeah. Know, like yeah, Jesus yeah. is. If Jesus was a God in man's form, right, and we're men, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I feel like you, you know, what I'm saying in a way, I, yeah. I, I feel like. Um, it's like the ultimate it's like, ideal. Yeah, aren't you supposed to be trying to be yeah. like him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's kind of weird. Well, you like, have to buy into. <laughs> you have to. You, I mean, that, I guess that like uh, assumes that you've bought into the concept of he is what he. You know, people believe yeah, yeah, in yeah. me, but I, even so, if you don't, like, even if, and I would still don't even know if I believe in God. So it's like, but still, like, even him as a icon, even you know, like a Martin Luther King, or like he wasn't God, but. He was someone we can look to to model model ourselves after, or at least his words. And you can look at Jesus the same way. I think. What do I know about him? I'm not an expert at all. But yeah, yeah. The basic principles of forgiveness, nonviolence, um, nonviolence, and forgiveness to this point of self sacrifice. Like that is that's actually the component that I've been thinking about the most. It's like you can say you're a good person all you want. You can say that you try to live for others, but how far are you willing to take that? Are you willing to die for that? Essentially. I mean, that's what yeah. the whole Jesus on the cross thing, you know, I think even the word sacrifice, right. And just like, um, I feel like, so 
I guess, okay, we went there, right? We're here. Yeah, we're here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so to me, the sacrifice, that word, it means a lot. Like mm. you could literally like manifest your own destiny through hard work and sacrifice and like, like what you give or give up. Mm. Um, so I think um, that, that like that word, it resonates and like, I'm just growing up and learning and like, yeah. like becoming into your own and being like, what is, like, how do I sacrifice? Like as a father, right. I feel like we have to sacrifice and like the yeah. father sacrifice for the son, yeah. even in the book of the yeah. Bible. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, my religious spectrum, like it kind of goes into, I was, I believe in God mm. as the concept of God, but I feel like I was introduced to God through Jesus. Mm. But then, um, through like Christianity. Yeah. But like, as, as I grew, I started to be like, um, you know, I have friends that are Muslim friend, like my great grandfather was Muslim. I practice some Muslim uh, pieces into my life. I mm. feel like, like I don't eat pork or I try to try to practice that as a sacrifice. Yeah. yeah. Um, just different, you know, then like Buddhism, um, through like the yoga and stuff like that, you start hearing these teachings. And to me, it's like saying the same message. Yeah. And I, there's parts that I just can't get down with as far as like, you go to hell because you yeah. don't yeah, yeah, specifically yeah. believe in this yeah. part, like where I feel like Buddha was on the path as well in a different way. Yeah. Like Muhammad was on the path in a different way. Mm. Jesus was on that path. Like, I'm not saying they're all equals like that, but I feel like they all were in a spiritual, like they were like prophets of yeah. God, yeah, 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 yeah. like speaking towards the truth. Right. Yeah. And to me, it's all like variations on a theme, you know, it's like we get all different iterations of God, I guess, and, and how that manifests in the world. And, and then how that, you know, given that, how we're supposed to act in the world, you know, Yeah, but yeah, I mean, and if you, I don't know. I mean, I've definitely become way non-judgmental about anyone that wants to follow a certain religion because I think all religions pretty much have, well, they offer a structure. What I think is just like a lot of people need is a structure for life. For sure. Most of them, I would say, in the right hands do more good than bad. Of course, you get people like with anything in the world can manipulate Something yeah, I feel in like their men, is, like people, mankind, get in the way of the actual yeah, message. Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. you know, we kind of start making, no, I'm this, I'm that, and we find war. Yeah, and then we it, do that's, these the, that's the problem, is where it gets <laughs> like, yeah, where people I mean, hold tight to an ideology, and then the ideology trumps our humanity, and then we fight over it, you know? Like, yeah. that's that's where that's that's actually the problem I've had with religion historically, and that's something I've kind of learned to. Obviously, it's an issue, but it's something I've learned to, you don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater type thing. You know, that that's that's people's fault. That's not yeah. the text's fault. Or maybe it is. I don't know that much about religious text, but all, all of that to say is like, I think you can read the Bible, and this is how I'm reading it now, too, as a collection of stories that you can learn from in the same way that you would, like we were saying, watch a movie, read a book of short stories to learn more about someone else's experience so that you can, you know, hopefully better your life in some, some way from it. Yeah. And so we were talking before we recorded, right. About 
just, you know, podcasts. And I said, I like doing it rather than like consuming and, and finding myself in consumerism. Uh, I like to like, so in my brain, I'm like, this has to do with what we were talking about too. So, don't. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so in my mind, you know, we watch commercials, we watch TV and we watch things or we like take in content yeah. to where at, at a certain point I have to like produce something to yeah. like balance that out. Mm. Even, you know, whatever it is, just yeah. I got to take pictures. Or I have to do something to like get, get my own visions or my own things yeah. out. And I feel like creativity is like almost the highest form of like, what God is because he created man yeah, he created yeah. woman he created the world yep. so to be a, like to be with the creator you have to create that's yeah. how I kind of also like want to tie it into like what you do is when you analyze art and you create as a creative as well so yeah yeah, yeah. I read this book it was uh, it was called The War of Art instead of yeah, The Art of War yeah 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 I think War I haven't I haven't read it yet though yeah and it kind of talks about waking up and sacrificing like art to the gods and like just giving it to the God. Like, yeah, boom, you did your, you did your, your, your creativity for the day. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you're creative and I'm a creative. So I think we find that common ground where it's like, that's one of the most fulfilling, at least in my life, it's almost an, uh, is a necessity. If I don't create, I go literally like I get depressed. So it's, it's, like almost survival to me, but I don't want, I would wonder how other people would feel about that, that aren't creators, you know? Yeah. But I guess, I mean, if, you, if I guess if you strip the word create outside of art, people create, it's maybe it's like contribution, you know, you can think of it that way. Like, what are you contributing? You just, like that thing you're saying, consuming, you know, intake, cons- consumption, 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 that's all you're doing. I don't think that's very fulfilling life, you know? Yeah. So what are you, what are you contributing? I mean, like, like a woman creates a child or like maybe that's where they find the creativity yeah, yeah. or like just even if, if I just teach, right. I could be so creative in the classroom without like, I could think of ways to deliver yeah. messages to children and be like, Oh, this is my art. Right. Like yeah. that's still an art form. I believe you could find some way to. Yeah. I guess it's like <laughs> the, it's the, it's the, it's the, I don't want to say this. You have a trajectory, there's an aim, there's an end, and the creation is what fills the gap between now and that end. Mm. You know what I mean? So that could be anything. But but granted that you have an aim, which is like incredibly important. I feel like most people that are dissatisfied or, yeah, dissatisfied, I guess, is the best way to put it. Typically, when I find when I meet those type of people is because they just haven't, they're not looking upward. They're not, they're not striving towards anything. They've kind of just, and they're just been in neutral for a long time. They don't know where they're going or where they should go. There's no aim. I feel like that aim should, you always have to have that. It's actually like something I talked about when like dissect got successful. It's like, I had this basically dissect, me being able to do dissect full time was the realization of a goal that I've had and been actively working towards in various fashions for like 20 years. My biggest goal since I was, I don't know, probably since I picked up a guitar at age 13 was like, I want to make a living doing something that I love to do. 
that was music for a long time, like actually playing music through bands, basically. Yeah. It took very various iterations over the years, but it ended up being Dissect, which is still a creative act and it involves music. But that was the thing that kind of fulfilled this lifelong dream that I had. But the flip side of that was when I actually fulfilled that goal. Yeah. It was like, uh, definitely wasn't a crisis, but it was like, it's the, it's the aim thing. I'm bringing it back to the aim thing. It was, I was missing an aim and I suddenly felt like empty a little bit. So now it's like kind of setting a new goal yeah. or a new. Basically a new, what I had to do, but yeah. it was like, I worked so long to get to this thing. And I thought it was going to have some kind of bigger impact. Very dust. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, it really was like you work for it so long and then it gets built up in your head. And it's just like, at some point that the buildup is like, just, you can't live up to it, you know? So it was like, then I had to reprioritize and re-aim and then you're better, you know? Yeah. So I guess this kind of is naturally happening, but this is what I wanted to talk about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> was adjusting like the two children, right? And then like your worth, like your work life balance and marriage. And then just all that, like, just like you're saying, you, you have a goal, you're reaching towards this goal on the build up to reaching towards that goal. Um, the obstacles that came were any of those like dealing with family, <laughs> You know, like for dissect. Yeah. Like even just in general, like as it was a, always time management for sure. Um, you know, obviously when you have uh, that, when I was really in the thick of it, it was just Mabel. So I just had one, but basically started the podcast right after she was born. Um, or at least started working on it. And so it was, my day was basically go to work, come home, hang out with wife and kid. And then they would go to sleep or at least Mabel would go to sleep and then I'd work on the podcast. What about, so like, okay, man, I got a wife too, bro. Yeah, Come yeah, on yeah. now. Okay, let's be real. No, I'm, getting, I'm getting to this. So, yeah. I'm getting to this. Like, so, Why wasn't like, hey, yeah, no, it was. forget that's, the podcast stuff, man. That's like, I'm I mean, pregnant. By the, or get this baby. By the end, well, my wife's very, like, not very demanding, but I know that it affected her and it affected me too. And by the end of season two, so I'd been working on it, let's say a year season between season one and season two, it was probably about a year, year and a half of me doing this at night, trying to manage kid, wife, job, full-time job, and doing basically another full-time job that was dissect. If, if, if I hadn't reached the agreement with Spotify, there would have never been a season three of dissect. Like it, it would have broke wow. me and B probably. Wow. It's like, stop that little hobby thing, man. Yeah. Like, come yeah, get yeah. These. I mean, and but she's in the right on that. It's a hobby sometimes. Though. It was I'm a like, hobby though. It's that's, a creative. It was, I told I you know, how much but creativity it is, means. It is. But that's the thing like I mean, <laughs> we should talk about. It's like, I'm so the thing that I struggle with even now is like prior, the prioritization of family, of family of, and my personal need to create. That part, right? So that's the thing where I'm like, as a creative or a person who, like I said, it's like it's some, it's like my it's it's like in the relationship of God to me, like someone's religion to create to me, right? Yeah, yeah. And so when I start saying that, and then I don't know, I just it's like a there's a tension, yeah, of course, because like if you're with a partner, your partner who loves you, wants the best for you, of course, and your family, yeah. Um, 
I just feel like, you know, as entrepreneur or creator or whatever you want to call that, um, it's like how to get that message across, even in like, so dissect is not successful in the third. You you don't do it in the third. You don't make it. You're still going to have a drive. Like it's not going to yeah. just go away and evaporate. No, yeah, I would have to do something, but it couldn't. <laughs> Well, yeah, maybe I shouldn't say there wouldn't have been a season three. It, there wouldn't have been a season three in the timely manner that I was used to doing it. Because I, by the end, and part of this was because I was getting traction with season two. And I kind of was like, this is the, in my mind, I was like, this is the finish line. And I'm going to like effing do this. Like, oh, you can and, say fucking. <laughs> I know, yeah. Right. So it's like that. And, but that was like, and that's still something I battle with is like, that was that, was that me just being selfish? Like, but selfish, like, yeah. It ended up fine. It ended up fine because yeah, I'm yeah. doing it for a living and I make more money than I used to even at my job before. So it's like everything worked out like insanely great. Yeah. But it was a risk and I battle with myself of like, and we've talked about it. It's like, was that risk worth it? Like I can say yes, because it paid off, but what if it didn't? Yeah. It may it's hard. Cause up. like, but then like if I were trying to give someone advice, like would I advise them to do the, it the same way that I did? It'd be hard to, but then, I, then I also think like, would I be in the position that I am today if I hadn't done that? I so mean, it's, it's, it's hard. You said, right. So it's weird. So this is that weird dynamic, right? Cause like I was a fan of your work before I ever met you. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, Oh, I can't be your fan. Like I'm, I'm, I'm your you know, we becoming a friendship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of a weird like dynamic there. But there was a, a a quote that you said on one of your podcasts, and I wrote it down and I pinned it on my wall, like inside of uh in my classroom, and I share it with my students sometimes. And it was the, you know, the world gives you nothing until you give it everything. Yeah. And that kind of feels like that kind of space of when like you're just speaking on, even though <laughs> it kind of it sounds like selfishness, but sometimes like it's a focus, right? Yeah. Or I don't know. It is. No? It's a focus. <laughs> it's definitely, it's like a laser focus to where it could be dangerous. You know, I don't think it was like, maybe I'm exaggerating, maybe not, but like you as a father, especially, and as a husband, you have to be really careful about where you spend your energy, you know, like you have to, the balance has to be there or else I'm just not there with my family or I'm not there with my wife. So it's like, that's, that's the difficult part for me is balancing that my, no, I won't even call it selfish, but just the need that I have to create yeah. with, with the other stuff, you know? So, um, so there's two things. So there's another quote from W.E.B. Dubois, right? And it's something that I like, I don't know, I find quotes and I like kind of yeah. admire the quotes for a while and, and let them be like yeah. something I live with. Uh, and I think it's like about kids and it was basically saying that, I don't know if I'm going to quote it exactly, but like, you know, children see what you do more than what you say. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, like if my daughter sees me up every night in here working or focused towards that master's degree or something, yeah, yeah. when she sees me do that and go through that, I want her to see that the struggle that I'm going to have to go through to yeah. do that. And like, kind of, I won't be able to spend as much time with her when I'm doing it. 
right, especially if I want to keep like this pursuit going, uh, be an effective teacher in the classroom and be working towards that master's degree. But I, I feel like her seeing me do that and focus is going to teach her how to focus. Yeah, one day. Yeah, yeah. And so I don't know. Sometimes I write it as like office, like, hey, I know I, I sacrificed again that time. Yeah. But I want to show you something. You know what I'm saying? So it's like as a father, yeah. I had to get into my focus bag yeah, to yeah, show yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's, and that, I can't remember where I read something similar when I was doing research for before Mabel was born. And it had the same principle was like, there's going to be times where you need, it's actually good. And, you know, you're always, no one's a parenting expert. So you're always kind of like having to weigh certain advice people give you. But the idea was like, it's, it's actually good to, you know, I don't know exactly what the thing was, but it was something to the effect of sometimes it's necessary to show and be absent because they, they will, just like you said, they'll visually, they'll see you putting, like you can tell your kid to do verbally things all you want. Yeah. But if you're not, but I'm just sitting yeah, here yeah, just yeah, getting yeah. drunk. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's the same thing. It's like you work hard, achieve your goals, have an aim and work your ass off to do that. But if you're not showing them as much as you are telling them, they're not going to believe you, you know? So I think there is something to that. I think there's definitely something to that. Yeah. I mean, but it still has to be balanced, you know? Yeah, definitely a balance there. Right. But is that, that's the hardest part. Is it the is balance. the hardest part. You have to, yeah, yeah to, to know that when. word. That word resonates with me as well. Sacrifice and balance. Yeah. Yeah, so like yeah. balance, so what that means, like, it's like words we just say, but they have so much meaning to yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. I dissect on them. Yeah, let's get it done. <laughs> <laughs> so like balance, yo, that's a hard one. That is a hard one. It's the hardest one for me, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. So again, um, I have a long list here. We might not get through everything. I just want to, you know, I want to feel free and open to conversate like we're yeah, doing yeah, too. Yeah. So I'm, I'm here all night, dude. We got uh, all, all right. the time. All right. I have no time restrictions. Uh, hey, as this long might as you be go. one of those. Yeah. It's Joe Rogan style, three <laughs> <Yeah>. hour. <laughs> stay, stay listening. Here we go. All right. Um, yeah. All right. So that part right there, that was really the real friends right there, man. So I had, I had did this all dissected out and like with the Kanye, you know, oh, the yeah. real friends right there. You <laughs> know what I mean? Like work life balance. Yeah. Yeah. What that means. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, how to, how to balance uh, that or not. Um, but then moving forward, right into this violent crimes. Uh-huh. So you didn't see that transition coming. Violent Crimes is... <laughs> when you said that at first, I didn't think it was the Kanye song. I was like, yeah. I thought you were talking about vi- hey, actual another Violent Another thing crimes. we got in common. I'm the... Uh, you know what I'm saying? I, I, but you're talking about the song Violent Crimes. Yeah, okay. I'm talking about like the lyrical, yeah, like yeah, what yeah. those mean. And yeah. then like with the last one, like Real Friends to me, it's about friendships and everything, but also like, you know, just balancing... Um. I think there was some lyrics in there where I was feeling like he was kind of talking about just having that balance of like, you know, life and family and things like that. And not being able to go to the hit the uh, family reunion and just have to leave real quick. Cause you got to get back to work, but yeah. you're not spending time with your family type thing. So that's why I kind of put that in. Yeah. Well, that's actually, it's interesting for that album. Um, Cause I saw off of life of Pablo. And if you look at the cover of life of Pablo, there's a chick with a big old butt on one 
Yeah, there's yeah. one picture, and then right next to it is a picture of what I'm assuming is his family. It's an old picture. I think it's of his like actual like parents and yeah, stuff yeah. getting married or something. And then it says which one, like you know, twenty times or whatever. Okay, I never really. I so the whole album the, is yeah. like it starts out all him basically being well, aside from the first song, which was actually supposed to be the last song, but basically the first, I think four or five songs are just him being like a womanizer, egotistical, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then as the, as the album kind of progresses to the end of, which is wolves, the song wolves, um, it's basically him trying to like work out, like, how do I be a father? How do I, stop being a womanizer or cheating or I don't know if he was talking about cheating or whatever it was, yeah, but yeah. like just basically him being famous and having access to whatever temptations that, you know, he wants. And it was that whole album is him pro- like getting to a place where he can like be dedicated to his family. If you listen to it in that way, it's like actually a really great story, yeah. but people just don't hear about it. Hear it. Yeah. yeah. I feel you. I, um, I actually went to that, to the tour in, um, right there. In Las Vegas. Oh, though. Las Vegas. Okay. Yeah, because even before he put a Sacramento date on, okay. it's like I bought tickets for uh, it in Vegas. Okay, like, okay. we're we going to turn up tonight. Why are we going to uh, hit the, you yeah. know, so hit you the red saw eye. the full show. Yeah. Okay. And it was lit. Yeah. It was like the best concert I've been to. Like, a hands down, flying around, can't see his face, turn up. You don't yeah. even sit down the whole concert. Yeah. I'm just, man. After that, like, I couldn't. I mean, I was saddened by him not finishing the Sacramento one. Were you there at Sacramento too? I wasn't. I wasn't in sack. But it was kind of like, I don't know. I just had like a, back to this whole, like, I I could tell, okay, like if I said like a marketing, I walked away from the show like, man, this this is like a, he's like a marketing genius, but he uses like the Bible too to market to me. I, I don't know if you feel the same way, but I feel like he uses like, um, like the story of like the prodigal son, mm-hmm. like the son that's been, he, he got kicked out and he comes back and he gets kicked out and uh, he comes yeah, back. Yeah. Like he keeps, he wants to like get kicked out, but then he's got something to come back. Like, yeah, he, yeah. like he, that he builds on that in my mind. Yeah. I was like, Whoa, that was crazy. Like I just had like a whole walking out of the concert would start like analyzing. That. I, was like, out, I yeah. think that's what he's trying to like. I think he just has. Yeah. I mean, I think he feeds off that energy. He's, always made his best work in when he was an underdog. I think he's habitually just keeps putting himself in the underdog position. Like on purpose. On almost, purpose. To yeah. like, he said, to I mean, if you listen to some interviews and so stuff, like he's it. very, he's not a dumb dude. Like if you, he's like <laughs> very intelligent. I feel like he tells you all this stuff already in the music. Like yeah, he'll yeah. like tell you what's going to like, he, I don't know. So when people are surprised, like you don't listen to his music, I guess. Yeah, you, you don't actually <laughs> listen, listen, yeah. Because he's told us he was going to do this already. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but I get it. I mean, I get it. People don't, if you're not paying close attention or care, like you just, yeah, if you just heard him do some weird, crazy thing in, in passing, you'd probably go, yeah, that's a dumbass move. And yeah. I think that's mostly how people think of him. It's like, we're like, well, we're fans. And I, I mean, I studied him as if I was, taking a class, <laughs> a class in college. So like my perspective perspective is like totally skewed, you know, cause yeah, I've yeah. studied him, but I think for the most, most common people is just like, they, they're not invested at all. So it's whatever. Yeah. So like, how do you even balance that? Like, like, like I talk music, I love music, 
that's another thing I feel like we have in common, right? Yeah. So I love music. You love, but you love music like to another degree. Where I played a little music, I like I love the sound of music. I wake up to music. I like the feeling of music. Yeah. It's like, again, I think it's connected to that that energy of of God and creativity. Yeah. It's like the voice. Yeah. Um, but like when you're talking to like a layman, <laughs> it's yeah. kind of like you're a professor of music, basically. It's like you can almost have like a degree. Well, you have a, have degree, a degree in music. Yeah. You could be like teaching music. So when you're talking to a layman, it's like, do you just like kind of be in your head like, yo, B don't know what he's talking about about this. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> oh, God, <laughs> like if I'm to, um, no, 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 definitely not. And especially when it comes to hip hop, because that's as much as my, you know, I like quote unquote classically trained, or at least like when you go to college for music, it's all classical based. So all that that applies to hip hop, it doesn't really in the same way, you know? So, and I actually think you, I think music's so universal that everyone's opinion is kind of valid, like valid in my eyes. Like there's no right or wrong when it comes to, to music at all. It's all feel. It's music is so abstract aside from lyrics, but it's like, even then, so abstract and it's so much a feeling based like you're just how you describe the Kanye concert it's like you're on your feet and you're vibing the whole time and you're just like yeah like I want to sit something down like I've been in concerts you. where you sit down but this one yeah it's like a down. holistic <laughs> bo- bo- physical spiritual experience and like I wouldn't question that you know like I intellectualize music because I like to because I think it for some people it can deepen your connection to it yeah, but it's like dissect is successful is because people love music. I'm not the only thing I'm doing on dissect is telling them why they love it. You know what I mean? Like it's not like I'm. Sometimes maybe I'm introducing them to new music, but for the most part, it's fans of these pre-existing fans of whoever I'm dissecting coming to learn more about something that they love. I'm just have the either the the education or the, just the time to make it very easy for them to deepen that appreciation through just like talking about it in a like academic way, basically. But that to me is secondary to like, just putting on something that you love and feeling it, you know? So I, so I typically don't really judge anyone (laughs) unless the only time I actually get like bothered is when people are disparaging certain music like, actually no, i don't like that genre or that sound yeah or like that. or like if they're being negative and they and their arguments about being ne- like you can be positive in my mind and have no reasons for it other than like i like this like that's that's the, the most valid reason to me is just i like this like doesn't matter but if you're like disparaging certain music to me that's problematic and usually the reasons for it is just opinion based and to me that's like I don't know. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I'm I'm not really and I that kind of goes in line with just how I feel about like criticism in general about art. It's like it's a waste of time to me. Like if you don't like it, just turn it off. Like what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Just turn it off. You're listening to something you don't like. <laughs> Unless it's like detrimental to our health or something. Like what are you wasting your time for? Like find something that you like and talk about that. Like I don't know. That makes sense. Um 
So, okay, violent crimes. All right. So, what I'm saying with that, fathering two girls, another thing you got, right? Yeah. So, two girls. Yeah, yeah. When you, you were- I should uh, preface what violent crimes is. I don't think people- No, no. They're just thinking that violent crimes, and they're like, <laughs> what are you guys talking about? Actual you're right, crimes. You're right. <laughs> I wish I, you know, I could play the music. What's about but, the song? I mean, and you just tell them what the song is. All right, I can. Yeah, yeah. It, well, you're the expert. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's eventually- well, one, Kanye didn't write it, by the way, but um, it's basically about Kanye, I guess, trying to, one, I mean, there's some womanizing thing for him in there where it's like, I think the line is, um, I learned that woman or woman is something to be cherished, not conquered or something to that effect. Yeah. So no, like, it's through like him having a daughter first. Do you have two daughters first and then a son or is it, like, I don't know, daughter first for sure. Yeah. Um, so that was part of it. Just him, like, again, going back to him as a, I don't know if he was a womanizer, but definitely like had indulged in, uh, so I can't even just, you know I mean? Like what I'm saying is I have a little bit of a womanizer in me <laughs> <laughs> or I had Where's this going? prior to being married. Got you it, know what yeah. I mean? Uh, so I just felt like, you know, it was one of those. Even though he's speaking, you know, it's his art, so he's speaking, but I'm not talking, I'm just saying in general, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know where Cole, I don't know if Cole's not going to. What if I was a womanizer? <laughs> uh, I don't think so. All right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just, yeah, I mean, that's for a number of reasons, but. Cool. That, yeah, you had, yeah, okay. You know, I was going to say, oh, you had a sister and you probably learned. No, <laughs> no, I don't know. I might <laughs> Mostly probably because I was shy. Like, I've just never been good with girls. Like, I don't, I've never, like, proactively really even pursued that many girls in my life. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I was always so busy doing, like, stupid shit, like skateboarding or <laughs> doing, like, caught up with bands or whatever. Like, girls really didn't interest me for, like, a very long time. But... Yeah. I appreciate your honesty because I think that's actually like I was going to say like and not even like trying to sound holier than thou but like I appreciate your honesty because I think that's how most men are actually yeah like uh, and it's kind of in our DNA so yeah I mean so I don't you know I want to kind of keep this in line yeah yeah but we'll get back to that (laughs) (laughs) so um so, okay, here are some lyrics. I answered the door like Will Smith and Martin. Do we have a problem? Matter of fact, Marlon, this ain't meet the fuckers. I'll beat his ass. Pray I'll beat the charges. No daddy, don't play. No daddy, don't play. Not when it come to their daughters. Yeah. Don't do no yoga. Don't do Pilates. Just play piano. Stick to karate. Yeah, yeah. There we go. So like that little section right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So essentially like him <laughs> imagining his daughter being the, basically, it's basically him imagining him the way that he looks at girls and the feelings that he gets, the thoughts that he has when he looks at girls and then imagining his daughter being looked at in that way. By other men. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. So you know, having two daughters yeah. and like just thinking, right. I had this book in the corner. It's called American girls. Um, and it's talking about, I, I've, I've like, you know, I'm like a serial reader. Like I'll read 
parts of a book and then yeah. throw it away and then read <laughs> another parts of yeah, a book yeah. and throw it away and then and then come back to a book. If it catch me, then I'll finish it. Yeah. But I don't like sometimes I'll just read multiple books. Um but so I haven't read this whole book. But it kind of talks about um different, I'm sorry, in the author, I don't want to just say that it's Nancy Joe Sales. Yeah. Yeah. Um American Girls. But it kind of talks about I read like the first part and it was talking about like having girls in this digital age and mm. like internet yeah. and like boys texting phones, all this kind of stuff that I know like I got a, a 11 month year old and I got a three year old. So I'm not there yet, yeah, yeah. but it's, I like to, you know, think as a progressive person or like think in the future yeah. proactively. Right. And think about like, how am I going to handle this situation rather than it just coming? And then like, yeah. So yeah, yeah. I'm trying to build with you man to man and be like, Hey, Cell phones. Let's start there. When do you think, you know, the little one's going to have a cell phone? I mean, our, I, our <laughs> ideal is, I think we, I think we talked about like 14 or 15 or something like that. About 14 or 15. Yeah. yeah. Like that's, but again, when you're doing this, it's all in your head, right? Like yeah, it's in right. our heads as fathers, yeah. but like. You don't know the reality of it until it comes. <laughs> exactly. That's why I said I are in our ideal world, but I have no idea. The world's going to change so much in 10 years that you just, you don't know. What, yeah. are, what are you guys thinking? And so that's not like, I'm, as I'm asking everybody's questions, cause I'm trying to figure it out for myself. Yeah. And then, um, like again, working with students, I work with sixth grade students I see everything they have, you know what I mean? And Do most sixth graders have cell yeah. phones? Most sixth graders have a cell phone. How old are you? Some sixth 12? graders got the 12? Apple watches. Some sixth graders got their hair down listening to earbuds while you teach them. <laughs> <They're college. laughs> like, I've seen a bunch like of college. things. <laughs> That's crazy. You're like, uh, yeah, uh-huh. the, the cell phone. But and some of them have like, you know, Instagrams and all that stuff. Yeah. And you're like, bro, like I, I'm on Instagram. And like my students are trying to like check out my page. I'll, yeah. be, like, I'll be having to block students. Like no, <laughs> not unless like yeah. I have one student on there and she, it's like her whole family's account. I'm like, all right, I know dad I taught her brother already and she's going to be my new student coming up. Mm-hmm. So she's going to be in my class this year. I'm starting a new class this week. Um, and I've already taught her brother who's going to eighth grade now. And I know the family, you know what I mean? So I've already worked with it and it's like the family account. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, cool. If mom and dad want to see this action, yeah. then they can see this. You know what I mean? But <laughs> but sometimes even on post, I think about that. Like, oh, students are looking at this yeah. maybe. But yeah, then I'll Same just with me, actually. <laughs> well, as soon as like um, Dissect kind of took off a little bit, my I have a personal account. And then, you know, I started getting like crazy, not, not a crazy amount of followers, but just people I just didn't know following me because of dissect. And then subsequently I just don't even post. I think I post like twice a year now. Yeah. It's just the privacy thing. And I, something about the, my blog was even just as soon as I knew people like were paying attention, I, yeah. like, my instinct was to just stop and don't give any information out. I don't know whatever that was, but like, this is how I, yeah, even Perfect. like this family thing, right? I'm telling you all about my family, family foundation podcast, yeah, yeah. but it's a sharing space and other keyword. There's this keyword like fear, right? Yeah. And sometimes like in fear, I have like I can't I can't just 
shy away from certain things, but I understand you do have to be cautious and safe, right? Like, yeah. But um, for sure, right? Um, because it's all different. The world is is crazy. It's big, and it's a lot of things. The internet is like the yeah. It's like the everything is on the internet. Yeah. And so, uh, I guess if I had to say age, I don't know. <laughs> I'm still kind of like it's hard. Yeah. I say fourteen, fifteen, but that's probably like not even really like realistic. I don't know. I have no idea. And we like we can make a decision do. now, but like even though cell phones will be the thing in ten years, yeah, yeah, it could be something new. It probably will actually be something new. I don't even know like what they're doing on these phones. And then like so we're doing state testing, like so state testing. Kids come in and take the test or whatever. Now it's on the computer. Uh, kids got watches. I'm like, hey, VP, I have to go to my vice president. Like, hey, my kids got Apple watches. Yeah. Like, do I take them? What do I do? They don't even know. Like, it's yeah. like technology moves faster than like, yeah, yeah it does. Than like, sure. especially like, I feel like, like, let's say I'm 35 and I'm one of the freaking most technically savvy teachers on yeah. the, uh, but I don't really know technologies like that. I just know it like as I can click buttons and yeah. I know how to go back <laughs> I know how to figure out equipment, just yeah. plug it in and yeah, yeah. you'll figure it out. Like I'm adventurous in that way. Uh, like even the podcast equipment or whatnot, but like uh, where I can get paid just for being doing that. Like I can get us extra money just for being that or just being able to do that. But, um, and so me even having the foresight to understand the kids got Apple watches on them, got calculators, got anything they want yeah. on there, the internet, they can search answers. Like where someone maybe 50, yeah. you know, 60 years old. No idea. They didn't, they didn't even think about yeah. it. <laughs> so that to me is like, it actually goes back to the whole, like staying relevant as a father. That's actually something I really think about a lot still. I thought something I thought about a lot before Maple was born. That's why I even started the blog. Um, the hype father, hype, 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 hype dad, yeah. hype dad, hype dad, yeah, yeah, which was, yeah. Hype. I mean, it was like, because uh, I think I don't know. Like, part of me, I guess, probably just doesn't want to get old, obviously. But like, I feel that way too. But you want to? <laughs> I, I, I think it's critical to stay connected with not so much even youth, but just like what is going on in the world in a, in like a. Just so you can make these decisions properly. Like, you know, like yeah. what age do you get a cell phone? If you don't really understand the dynamics of cell phones and like what kids are going doing on them, which is why you read this book is to understand yeah, so I why they're even I doing got... it. What are they <laughs> even doing on there? Like to stay in tune with that stuff to me is critical. Like, so like on that first part, I didn't even tell you, but like a boy is like, Hey, send me a picture of your, your tits. Nude, right? Yeah. yeah. Or something. Yeah. Right. And like, the girl, it goes through her whole cycle and like how she's feeling in the time and gives you like, Hey, does he like me? Yeah. It's yeah. just like, is this the new way of dating or flirting? Yeah. I don't know. Like this. And then she's going through all these things in her brain. And then like a couple minutes later, he texts like, Oh, I, I just said it because my buddies yeah. were trying to like get me to do it. Like yeah. it's a, like a dare. And she's like, what? Yeah. Like, I'm like, okay. And that's, that's old. You know what I'm saying? And it's talking like, you're like, that's Whoa. definitely the new, that's the new reality though. That's a hundred percent the reality. So yeah. I'm Those like, are the things you, I mean, you're like, we're going to have to talk or maybe our wives, but like, that's the, those are, again, that's like staying in tune. If you didn't know what nudes were or whatever, like, or sex or all that, if you just didn't even know that existed, you couldn't even talk to your kids about it. 
So yeah. that's, that's why I feel like it's crazy critical to stay in tune with the world, just like what's happening and what kids are doing, just so you could talk to them about it and at least give them, they listen or whatever, like can't control that. Yeah. But at least you've attempted to have the conversation about things that they're going to be de- dealing with, something like that, which the potential of has, you know, the pinch potential to have permanent effects that are damaging or at least embarrassing. Um, yeah. You got to stay in tune. You got to stay in tune. For sure. Like staying, staying in tune, talking to your kids. Um, I don't even that barrier of like, <clears throat> this goes to like that barrier of like, Oh, I don't know. It's weird though too. Cause like, so I'm a dad who has two girls. You're a dad who has two girls. There's like this, like, is there, I don't think that wall, I try to like kind of walk through that wall, like of, is my wife responsible for doing mm. these things? I know you kind of talked about it on your blog as well. It's like far as like just being a dad and like knowing when to jump in or not. And sometimes I struggle like, and I'm going, Hey, is this my spot? Like, am I yeah. supposed to do this? Or am I supposed to like kind of stay back as, cause I'm a dad and we're not the same, like same sex. Like she's a girl and I'm a, a male. Yeah. So like, Am I not supposed to go this way? But then I'm like, well, I'm a dad and she's my kid. So <laughs> I think it's, I, I, <laughs> I, think break it's that wall. <laughs> I think it's fair game till puberty. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so right. I think it's fair game till puberty. And then yeah. I'm, we'll see when we get there. But like, yeah, that's yeah. when I think things would potentially change. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So, so that's what I'm saying. I'm, it's like now I feel like right now it's like just basic, prim- basic principles applies yeah. to male, female, like yeah. what we're teaching now, at least I feel like doesn't have anything to do with gender as something as everything to do with how you're a good person in this world. Yeah. But I think things get complicated when puberty hits and there's potential sexual relationships or even just that the gender dynamic becomes a thing. Cause right now it's like, they're, I don't know, until sixth grade, it's like pretty innocent interaction between boy yeah. and girl. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the so, so there's one there too about that line not even not in that realm but just like in discipline right i heard this conversation on a couple podcasts and people were kind of talking about it and it made me think about like i don't know your guys's discipline policy right but for example um there was like a debate on being a male like putting your hands on your daughter so say i've had to like i've i've popped my daughter's on, on the butt before, like mm-hmm. my uh, Zola, the yeah. oldest one, right? Like as a correctional, like, hey. Yeah. Like, but it was a debate saying like a father, like basically shouldn't do that because uh, it's teaching her, like in her older years to like have a male be able to put his hands on his daughter. Mm. And I was like, and I wanted to know what your thoughts were on that. Mm, no, I... I don't know the research or the, if I'm talking instinctually, I would say if you're doing it correctly, which I assume that you would, I don't think it's an issue because I think kids are smart enough to know the difference. If if you're beating her, obviously, yes, that's a problem. But if you're correcting her in a way that was more in terms of more about intent than it was the physical act, because I'm sure you didn't hurt her. I think they can know. I think they could tell the difference. That's yeah. not trauma inducing. I was spanked as a kid. It's like, it wasn't trauma. You know, yeah. my mom spanked me. My dad spanked me like whatever. It wasn't trauma. <laughs> it wasn't trauma. I knew the difference. Like, you yeah, know yeah. the difference. 
Yeah. It's not, I, that again, I don't, I've never done research. I'm answering off the cuff, but like, I think they know the difference. I feel it. Yeah. So it sounds like it, but it made me question like my, I'm like, okay, wait, wife, you got to take on that responsibility, <laughs> but it's still like, you know, in each marriage there's a different dynamic. Like, uh, I guess this goes to this whole, like, so African-American culture in my family, my mother did most of the spanking or like, mm. was like more of the disciplinarian. My father, he could just say something. You're like, Oh, God. like he had that <laughs> yeah. voice, yeah, but yeah. like, you know, his demeanor, you're not going to cross too many further past a line. You know, he may have spanked me once in my life. And that's, I was like, yo, I just want to do that one spank yeah. so that you understand when I get to a certain level, you're going to follow my instruction. Like, yeah. yeah. So just that one spank to end all spankings. That's what I think it's all about. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think there's, to me, there's a larger debate about spanking in general, this, yeah. which is to me, at least like, the more the whole like bringing gender into it. I don't know. I haven't thought about that, but like that's a conversation you can have about spanking or not. Yeah. I mean, we haven't, sure. we haven't done spanking yet, but I feel like, I, so you and your wife be that you guys are like kind of really mild mannered people. As long as I've known you at least right. I've seen yeah. like, you know, so I feel like your children, you know, model that off for you off of you guys Maybe. a little bit. <laughs> a little no. bit. No. pretty. She's pretty wild. Yeah, I'm more. I'm definitely. I would say you. I'm more disciplinary than you probably would imagine. I mean, I see. I'm pretty strict I, about. I've like been around you guys, yeah. right? and I've seen how, like, say, uh, you know, Mabel does step out. I've seen you kind of, you know, have the eye eye contact. And yeah, you're yeah. correcting her. I've noticed that, but um. I'm just saying, uh, I don't know. You're talking about the, like just the residual <laughs> effects of like seeing your parents being just mild mannered. in yeah, general. Or me yeah. and my wife, we might like, like prior to us having children, my wife was, <laughs> she was like, <laughs> yeah, she, shoot. I had to say, Hey, you can't drink hard alcohol anymore. Like, <laughs> you're done. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like stuff like that. Or like, and I know me, like I was a rambunctious kid. Yeah. Like I was a kid that pushed all the lines. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like I'm like in a way, it's good to go past those barriers in your childhood than in your adulthood. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, don't yeah, go yeah. being a mild mannered kid and then trying to wild out as an adult. Like so I feel like I was I'm glad I wild out as a kid. <laughs> you know, co- you know, college years in a different way, but um, you know. That's to where. Oh, God. No, no. I was going to say, that's the thing about, that's the, again, going back to balance. Like, that's the thing I think about a lot is like, specifically Mabel, because she's older, but like, um, how much she's like, she is very strong. I would say strong willed. And she, um, yeah, she's strong willed, which I think is a great trait. Yeah. But as a, but as a parent, you also have to correct. So how I'm always thinking about the balance because if I overcorrect and I take that, that that instinct from her, I think that's bad. Yeah. But if I don't correct and I let her go wild, obviously that's also bad. So <laughs> I'm always trying to think about because of my instinct is to correct all the time, which I don't think is good. So I fight it a lot, but there are definitely times where, you know, 
mostly I would say it's pretty balanced, but then like if you're in a bad mood or you're tired, it's like you correct probably correct more than you should because you're annoyed. You know, that's that's actually the most probably out of everything in terms of like being a father. That's what I think about most is how my mood affects my parenting. Yeah. I'm like if I'm tired and the decisions I make because I'm tired, it's different. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> really, yeah, every yeah. parent knows that. It's different. <laughs> and how and then how long does that how much of that has an effect? And then know? they're tired. So it's like like traveling with children and stuff oh, in an airplane. You're worst, like, yeah. oh man. It's the worst. Like I know they're tired. <laughs> yeah. so Zola was on the uh Shoot, I, I downloaded early a bunch of shows for her on the on the um, Netflix yeah. and everything. Had her ready. She was good <laughs> on the way back, but the way there, she was struggling a little bit. But yeah. she was all right. But yeah, being tired for sure does bring into account. All right, so just to get out of this whole um, violent crimes again, we're not talking about actual crimes. We're just talking about <laughs> <laughs> having a daughter yeah. and uh, you know that kind of thing as being a man. Um, Okay, what's your daughter? You know, one of your daughters is um, let's see, sixteen, fifteen, sixteen. Or no, what? What's the dating age then? Oh, dating age. Dating age. But we went phone. What's dating age? Do you date? Do they even know what dating <laughs> is? When I mean, when you could say, hey, or when, when sex she came be home, involved. Maybe. No, no, no. Just when she said, "Well, I don't." Well, um, no. I'm just saying, like, let's let's take out the sexual part. Okay. Let's just put like, because we don't know that. I don't know if the like the, boyfriend like, girlfriend. Yeah, like a guy could be coming over saying he's your girl, your oh, one God, of your yeah, baby's boyfriends. I think maybe like <laughs> junior high. All right, all right. Because at that point, like, <laughs> as long like the, the the sex part worries me, but like the Trying to figure out relationship thing, I think, is innocent for the most part. I think it's probably, you know, 13, 14 is when you start to think about that, you know? I mean, I think I think I had quote-unquote girlfriend when I was in junior high, but it's like, yeah, yeah, it wasn't yeah. my girlfriend. We didn't even, like, talk to each other. You didn't get it's that like, first French kiss, man? <laughs> I remember, actually, it's really funny. I was just, I think, was it yes, either yesterday or today, I drove past my junior high. I was like, and I saw the spot that I had my very first kiss as a like 14 year old or 13 year old, you know, little yeah, kid. Yeah. Like, I was after a school dance and I was like, like, just brought this flashback. I literally just drove by and I was like, oh shit, that's like where I had my first kiss. That's weird. I see it. Um, I don't know. I mean, I just, I, you always use yourself as a model, I guess. Yeah, so, yeah. But like, I guess elementary school might worry me, but even then it's like, if sex is not involved, it's all innocent, you know, I think. I feel you. What about? They're just, okay. It's like role play. They're role playing. They don't know what they're doing. They're just trying shit out. Yeah. You know? And it's kind of, uh, I don't know if I like, well. I feel what you're saying in a way, because like you're saying using myself, and I'm like, okay, myself, but I was a guy, so I feel like different. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, I feel you. Um, when it, uh, that uh, my comment assumes that they're the same age. Mm. That's a big one. If it's right older, there. that's the, that's a no go. That's a hard no go for me. Yeah, especially <laughs> like I mean, because then there's manipulation involved. You yeah. know. Yeah. Like that to me is the problem. Yeah, I definitely I feel you with that. Like that's a straight up. 
don't, I mean, that's a no straight words. up you're staying home. If I, <laughs> you're like, I'm locking me in the house if I catch you with that, per, you know, because yeah. that's, that's dangerous for sure. Seriously. Uh, but if it's like fifth grader, fifth grader in the same class that want to call each other girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever, that, that's cute. That's role playing to me, you know? Yeah. I think to me, it's when sex, it's either age or when sex gets involved. That's when it becomes. That's when it becomes serious right. to me. So here's my other question okay. for dads, right? Yeah, yeah. The boy knocks at the door. First time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What, yeah, yeah. He knocks at the door. You answer the door. What do you say to this kid? <laughs> <laughs> hey, is Mabel there? Hey, is Penny around? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I actually never really thought about it. I mean, my instinct. That right, man. We gotta, we gotta get that. We got some time, but that's. I'm trying to learn how to. Try to <laughs> I'm trying to get that one together. <laughs> yeah. Like, do I hit the mean mug? Do I act warm, but then hit him with the jab? I think you gotta act warm. <laughs> I think you gotta act warm. I, I mean, I think there's a way to do both effectively. It could be you can act warm, and then on their way out the door, you just skirt them aside and you say, "You understand." <laughs> you understand, right? That yeah, if yeah, anything yeah. happens to my daughter, yeah, I'd rather him, I rather see him, and they come there and then be out trying to sneak around and stuff. So you're right. You gotta. I think it's I think it's warm, and then just a subtle. It's a responsibility. You have to. You would have to ensure, and maybe you'd feel it if they just had it and they're respectful, and you just gotta get. But if you if they weren't that or you were unclear, you would just have to, you have to make, you just have to vocalize that this is a responsibility that I'm entrusting you with. And that's what it is. And there'll be consequences, (laughs) you know, not like threatened, but like, you just have to like, especially if they're driving, like that's a big deal. Yeah. That's a huge deal to me. Um, If they're driving your daughter around, that's something you'd probably have to talk about. Yeah, um, right. I think there's a way. I don't know. I'm, the whole intimidation thing is not my style. I don't even know if I can pull it off. So. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's just, uh, my cousin, I got cousins in Oklahoma. Um, so they got these uh, funny like country stories and stuff sometimes. Not saying, you know, everybody in Oklahoma's country, but yeah, yeah, it's yeah. funny. He was saying like... Uh, I think he said either when he was dating his wife or something, or he knew somebody, but basically they're sitting there and they like, you know, they have like, you know, open gun laws and stuff there, but they, um, like they were, what's your name? How you spell your name? He was etching his name into the bullet, <laughs> the back of a bullet or something like, like he was heck of nice, but he just etched his name in the back of the bullet. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh damn! I gotta start thinking about how I'm gonna uh, do a subtle intimidation on you. <laughs> I was like, well, that wasn't subtle, but you know what I'm saying. It was kind of like uh, this one got your name on it. That's <laughs> had me kind of weak. Um, That's great. So, all right, fully, fully, full circle. I mean, I know we've touched base on dissect podcasts, and you know, um, but. Just want to fully go into and kind of talk about um, Dissect Podcast. Dissect yeah. um, is a serialized music podcast. Uh, again, if I only had a few podcasts in my phone, this would be one of them. Um, I don't feel any, you know, 
you listen to this podcast, listen, this is family based. Yeah, yeah. So there's no competition <laughs> in that way. Uh, and then again, you know, this is Dissect Podcast. It's one of the one of the best music podcasts out there. So uh, if you're trying to learn something, check it out. Um, I have some, a little bit. So my favorite, I don't know. If you, I was kind of opening that up for you, my man. <laughs> you want to talk about Dissect? Yeah, yeah. Um, Tell us about it. I don't, I don't want to. Well, the basic premise is uh, pick one album per podcast season, and then every episode of that season, I dissect the music and lyrics of one song per episode. So it ends up becoming like a, I don't know, 10 to 12 hour analysis, very formal analysis of one album. Uh, I've kind of stuck with hip hop mostly, or pretty much exclusively for the first four or five seasons. Um, so we get pretty deep into like the lyrics, um, but also the music when it applies, like, you know, I'll take you to take you through samples that were used and how their things are put together or chord progressions are there. I'll kind of walk you through how people create chord progressions, but then I do, I usually pick albums that have a narrative from like start to finish. So a lot of that is unpacking that narrative and that story that's being told over the course of the album and then kind of drawing some universal conclusions, I would say from what the artist is trying to say. Like I'm always trying to, I always use this analogy between the specific and the universal and I'm always trying to bridge the gap between the two. So we have an album like to Pippa butterfly, which was the first season of dissect by Kendrick Lamar. And he's you know telling a very specific story about, him being a successful rapper and then getting kind of exploited, um, exploited by uncle Sam as the character, but it's basically getting exploited by capitalism while also feeling survival's guilt from leaving Compton where he grew up and leaving his friends, which is a very specific, like that's his story. Yeah. Yeah. Survival's guilt. That, that, that's a, I love that. And but that's a very specific story, which not a lot of people can relate to. I would say very few people can relate to that but there's universal truths that come from that and his expression of that story. And those are the things that I'm honing in on. How do we extract from this specific universal truths that we can all learn from and better our lives from? So that's pretty much what the podcast tries to do. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I, um, I jumped in, like I, a buddy of mine told me about the podcast, me and a buddy were uh, starting a podcast and we were, pops culture so we used to talk like oh, these nice. conversations yeah. about being two fathers with children two we i had a girl he had a girl so we had one girl at the time um and pop culture we talked about being pops and just you know day-to-day yeah. life and what that's like um but and then he told me about your podcast so i i kind of picked up late i was a late you know late listener I, I picked it up in season two yeah and i just like oh like again, it was like right after I went to the concert, or mm-hmm. like I think before I went to concert, one of the two, I forget. But season two was on Kanye West for anyone that Yeah, yeah, it yeah. was on Kanye West. So uh on Dark Twisted Fantasy, which was one of my favorite albums. Yeah. So I like I just ate through that one, like, yo, I'm I listened every day on the way to work, like yeah. checking it out. And then like you said about like the music itself, like the chord progressions and things like that. That's what kind of sparked my interest. Like, whoa, this dude knows about the chords and stuff. And yeah. it even, like I said, I went and bought a piano and started trying to learn how to play chords because yeah. something about that was like so 
I was like, I don't know, like, I like, like I meditate, um, practicing this deep breathing and just like living in the moment. Mm-hmm. But then also, like, like I said about creativity and, and things in general, uh, there's times when like, I'll have like a, you know, like a, a depression or a feeling of depression and I'll like come to the piano. I always yeah. find myself at the piano, like trying to figure out how to express that on another level yeah, yeah. and like, then just sit with it. And I feel like it gives me an outlet. Yeah. So I was like, man, that like was something. And I always wanted to learn how to p- play the piano. So I was like, it was just always in my head yeah. to learn to play the piano one day. Cause I had played the tenor saxophone as a kid. And I was like, um, yeah. So that like really stuck with me. And then I learned, I was like, whoa, he's from Sacramento. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I said, with the whole meditation thing, it's weird though, because again, this might sound weird, but I said like, okay, he's from Sacramento. I want to start a podcast. Like, uh, I think Put I told you this the first time I met you. It's like, I was going to, I wanted to get in your circle or yeah. like, I wanted to get in your sphere, like, of like just to be around. Cause I felt like, Oh, I could learn from this yeah. person. And so I was like, man. Um, so it, was, it all worked out in that way. Um, Crazy how stuff like that works out. Yeah. I've had like, stuff like that too, <laughs> where it's just like, you listen to it, not listen to it, whatever it is, like where it's, I've had experiences like where it's like, that person should be in my life. And then it ends up happening. It's like weird, right? <laughs> that's crazy. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, uh, you just feel weird. it. Like you just feel, it. I actually saw like when I saw you at first at the, uh, I vividly remember it, which is weird because I have a horrible memory, but well, it was your shoes that attracted me first, obviously. But I remember <laughs> I you walked you in. Had and you the had the butters on. I was like, oh, you got <laughs> yeah, we talked about the Yeezys. That's our, that was our breaking the ice. But I think you had Air, you had, um, Air Jordan ones on. Yeah. And I was like, oh shit. Which is funny because like, it, like I usually don't relate to like fathers at all. Like at like the busy bee fathers and stuff. Yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. hard for me to connect with them. So I think when I saw you, I was like, "There's a chance we have something in common." Because <laughs> <laughs> I, it's really hard for me to like carry a conversation with most most fathers. Just I don't know. It's just I have a hard time doing it. So it's funny that you said that because I when I at least when I saw you, I was like, I just had that little little feeling of like oh like you just feel it like there's a little like connection thing and then it ended up like being true so and here we are that's dope yeah yeah Yeah. man um shoes bring the world the sneakers bring the world together together. then i was like man i gotta step with my sneaker game i started just like okay every time i see car all right i gotta see what i could do to just step up these games the kids be flexing on me in the class i can't just be getting get the respect of those sneakers you walk in day one with the yeezys dude they respect you forever yeah for sure um nah so with the the dissect podcast, um, again, you gotta listen if you haven't checked it out yet. Um, the the season two again was like my favorite season altogether. I haven't. I'm not gonna lie, man. I want to find. That's fine, right? <laughs> season one, I haven't finished the whole thing. I was season. horrible at it. Season one, I can't. <laughs> no, I can't no, even no, listen no. to season one now. No, but my one of my favorite like breakdowns come from season one. Uh, it was actually uh, the Black of the Berry, uh, yeah. right? Part one and part two, yeah. right? Black of the Berry, part one and part two. And then my other favorite breakdown, because it's one of my favorite songs, was um, Frank Ocean, season three, mm. uh, when you did 
the analysis on pyramids. Oh yeah, and that's a a, a part one and part two yeah, as well. Yeah. So I feel like those are musts. You have to yeah. like you know big songs. Check those out. You know what I mean? Like for for real, he has a bunch of great work. Uh, but those those for those four podcasts because it's two per song. Um, super resonated with me, and I'm like, man. How does this dude <laughs> know so much, or has how has he researched so much? This dude being this, white dude, yeah, this white dude <laughs> right here. <laughs> yeah, how has he researched so much about black culture to like be able to speak this through? Because like that's what I'm saying. I love music and I mm. love lyrics too, but like. I have a bachelor's in history, studied mm. black history. Yeah. Like know who W.E.B. Du Bois was. Like, what like book again. did you write that's been bothering me this whole time? It was, uh, was that uh, Miseducation? No, no. The Miseducation of Black who Folks, was that was of Booker. That, that was, um, he, he has a Cooper, Cooper Woodson, I think. Yeah, that was, uh, I think Woodson, he had like, Sac State had like a scholarship for Cooper Woodson, okay. a scholarship for African Americans um, back in the day. I don't know if they still have it. But yeah, yeah right. Uh, I've, he, I've quoted him he's like several a, times, but I'm trying to remember what he actually wrote. He's written a lot of okay, things. Maybe, like, yeah. I, like I did my final paper on some of his articles, and okay. it was like about. So I had in in my history degree, we had to write a paper on a conflict leading up to World War Two. But not not World War Two, but any conflict that kind of you could make an argument yeah. that helped to mm-hmm. start World War Two or give, like right. And I did mine on because I was like I don't because in my classes I could just spin everything as black, like, <laughs> like, or, or I was at that time I was also infatuated with the mafia, mm-hmm. so like literally I could just do a research project on the mafia. Yeah. I'll be watching Sopranos all day and then like go in read about <laughs> Lucky Luciano yeah. and these people and like. Spin oh, here's in. my paper. Yeah. <laughs> American history. Yeah. So I could like pick any genre and make it into something. So I was like, all right. So I took it from this, uh, this in, in Mussolini attacked Ethiopia at mm. a certain point when Ethiopia was a, a sovereign nation. It was actually the last sovereign nation of African uh, in the whole continent of Africa. Mm. And, uh, and the not United Nations, the United Nations didn't exist at the time. It was the, the um, it was before the United Nations. It was called something else, League of Nations, I think, something like that. Um, they didn't do anything, even though Ethiopia was part of that. Mm-hmm. And I try to make this full argument in using some of like W. B. Du Bois articles where he wrote about um the the feeling as being African American and how that felt to have like your last government mm-hmm. in Africa. Yeah independently ran be taken Without or be invaded anyone, and no yeah. no one comes yeah. to help and I was trying to build this argument on racism mm-hmm. and like how that showed that you know you could f- use power and invade Mussolini um, using fascism and then uh, kind yeah. of being something that led to part of World War II like just the sheer violence in itself yeah. of invasion like it was seasoned for it um, but man like as I'm saying, like there's little obscure little things I know about history where this white dude right here <laughs> <laughs> has researched and knows different things that like, like I'm telling you, the like 
the average black person doesn't know about their own history. And so I guess what I'm trying to say is <laughs> like, what is your interest in this? Is it just music or uh, is it beyond the music? Have you learned anything else from your research? Yeah, I think there's a lot there. I think I would say it always starts. It always starts and ends actually with the music. I mean, if it hasn't been clear, this whole podcast, like <laughs> my, my life since very young age has always been somehow involved with music. And most of the time it's been the main focus of whatever I'm doing. So I would say anything that I do still to this day creatively or for my own personal pleasure is music related. So the, the reason why I love music, the reason that I can still continue to study it after 20 something years and still be as passionate as day one is because it's a vessel through which you can learn about the world. And I'm like, if I would have to name anything that I'm incredibly passionate about aside from personal stuff, like family stuff, like that is it. Like to me, music is a universal language in which we can learn about essentially anyone in the world through. You have to listen. And, and that's an, another reason why I love music because you listen, you don't talk while you listen to music. You're listening to someone else, speak their mind, express themselves uninterrupted and it's accented by abstract feeling so you can convey like music with lyrics is incredibly powerful to me because you have the abstraction of lyrics and you have the 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 uh tangibleness of human vocals of words so the marriage of those two things to me is like one of the most incredibly powerful moving spiritual transcendent, whatever you want to describe. It's like, to me, it's the epitome of, I don't want to say existence, but to me, it embodies like what it means to be human so much. So all that to say, it's music first and music last. To answer the race part of the question. So one, I didn't know shit about any of this before I even started season one of Dissect. I didn't know anything about black culture. Yeah, I mean, aside from like just what I consumed, you know. Yeah, yeah. But, and so even a pro, so let me actually just back up a second. And it actually ties into fatherhood. To Pimp a Butterfly came out the day after Mabel was born. Wow. And so I liked Kendrick Lamar, but I wasn't a crazy big fan of his. But, I was new to Pimp Butterfly was coming out and I was obviously going to listen to it. So she was born the day we take, we got to take her home the day after she was born. And it was like five in the morning and it was like me holding her in my arms in her, in our rocker in her room for the first, basically for the first time and I was listening. I listened to Pimp, to Pimp Butterfly on headphones that morning with her in my arms and headphones, <laughs> like the sun was rising. It's like picture book, like fucking, you know, it's like, and so I listened to this album. So I say that because it was like that moment. I have a, such a deep connection to tip and butterfly for so many reasons. I think the most is because of that experience, but I listened to that record and I was like, one, it's a phenomenal. I was like in love from the start was like, what is, what is this? It's like funk jazz and rap and uh, incredible lyrics, incredible story. It was just like, 
this crazy fusion that wasn't commercial. And it was a second album where he was supposed to go commercial, but he just essentially just disregarded all that and was just made this beautiful piece of art. But there's a story involved. There's a narrative and I didn't understand the narrative. And he talks to Tupac at the end and all that shit. Like, I didn't, yeah, like yeah. what is this? I don't know what's going on really. So I was out of college, um, maybe a year, two years or something out of college. So I didn't really have much going on creatively. And um, I kept listening to the album and listening to the album. And it was like, some this is te- this is speaking to like us as humanity, but it felt like it was speaking to me as well. I was like, but I'm not going to understand what he's trying to say unless I sit down and I really, really listen to what he has to say. And I'm used to doing that in college because in college you would get a you have to write a paper or something about Beethoven, Mahler, or Shostakovich, or whatever composer. You'd research the composer, you'd research their life, you'd research the piece of music that you're supposed to be writing on. You tie all the things together. You tie all, you know, Beethoven lived this life and this was going on politically and this is how it influenced this symphony, whatever. Yeah. So, like, what? So, the, the idea came was like, well, I have those skills, I've done that. What if I applied those similar skills to this work of art that I am trying to understand, but I just can't do it. And I know that I need to put some actual work in to understand and listen to him and unpack all the things he's trying to say. So I was like, okay, that sounds like a good idea, but also I'm white and he's black and he comes from Compton and I come from a suburb in Elk Grove. And it's like, what do I know about his experience to make me undergo this project? That was the first question I asked myself. Asked a few other people who like coworkers and stuff. One specific coworker basically said the same thing. It's like, you can't do that. Essentially said something (laughs) like that. Right. Yeah. But then the more I thought about it, it was like, so I've basically, you think about it like a door or something. I've, I've walked to this door and it's shut. And I say, yeah, it's shut. Like, what do I have? What I can just walk away, you know, like the opportunities there, but what is my place to do this? Like I'm a white guy. He's a black guy. Like, but then it was the more I thought about it was like, well, why shouldn't a person like me take the time to understand someone that I do not naturally uh, relate with on a, race level, I guess, um, or experience level, maybe is a better way to put it. Why would I turn my back on that potentially educational experience? Why wouldn't, why couldn't I use this music, this beautiful piece of art that I have some expertise in because I'm a musician and I studied composition and all that. Why wouldn't I use this as an educational vessel to learn more about an experience that I have no admittedly have no expertise in or even knowledge of like, I didn't know what 40 acres and a mule meant until I studied Kendrick Lamar. Wow. I mean, right here, right here in Oak park is 40 acres right here. They, um, right over here at the theater. Mm-hmm. It's, it's called like, 40 acres. Yeah. yeah. They put up like 40 acres right there. Yeah. Sure. yeah. 
So it's like, so that, and it, so those are my two options. And once I thought about the second option, I was like, I'm not turning my back on this. Like, it just didn't make sense to me. Like, why not me? Like, but at that time, like dissect was a excuse to, to undergo the work. Like I didn't do dissect to like, to do, at least in the beginning, I didn't do like it to do it. I've been doing it now for a living. That wasn't the goal. The goal from day one was to study to pimp a butterfly. That was literally it to learn as much as I could from that record. The the podcast was a, a structure I gave myself and an imaginary audience in my head to actually see the project through <laughs> being a creative. That's how I was. That's how I operated. It was like, I had an audience I'd perform. I knew from performing, it pushed you because you had, you knew people are going to be watching you and evaluating you. I always pushed myself to do the best version of whatever that was because I knew that was coming. Yeah. So the podcast was just like, yeah, I'm just going to create this structure and this imaginary audience because it ended up being 22 episodes. Each episode took me 20, at least 20 hours to research, write, record times that by 22. That's a, it's just a shitload of work. And you know what I mean? <laughs> Hold on. What did you just say? <laughs> 20, whatever 20 times 22 is. I'm not great at math. Uh, yeah, That's how many, uh, approximately how many hours I spent on season one studying Kendrick. Wow. So, it was the best thing I've ever done in terms of like creatively seeing that through one. There's a practical of like, it eventually led me to what I'm doing now, which is dissect for a living. But the most, most importantly, it was an educational experience. Like I learned way more about black culture, black history, what it means to be black in a contemporary society what it means to grow up in a place like Compton, which is literally my backyard. That was one thing I really like took to heart from that season. Like think about the scope of the world and our proximity to Compton. It's literally our backyard. And it was like, how did I live in a suburb and, you know, white America, whatever had this experience, but someone in my backyard had a grew up in a war zone and, it was, you know, you couldn't walk down a certain block without getting your life in jeopardy. Like, how does that fucking happen? Like that's, that's our country. Like that's my back. That's like, and, and, and to me, the racing was always secondary to like humanity. And it still is like, like conversations. If I'm being conversations about race are important. I acknowledge the importance of them, but they're extremely frustrating to me because like it, undermines the common humanity of two people like, Man, you, like you, the first time we met like i brought up race I, I do it often especially like when i'm i don't know uh like when i'm hanging out with someone and it's like uh, it's one of those i don't know if it's like i do it consciously to like hey is this test. person comfortable yeah, about yeah. race or something but i feel like you know i throw it out there just to see now, I always felt like you were very comfortable talking about race. And I was like, wow, cool. And then, like I said, in in your work, it's like, it's, um, and I feel like that's an important trait. You know what I'm saying? Like, a lot of people want to shy away from that conversation and not have that conversation. Yeah. And then not educate themselves, which, if you don't educate yourself, it just 
continues to pep- perpetuate the and ignorance. Keep, yeah, yeah, the ignorance or keep the status quo just yeah. going as it is, right? Yeah, now that's and as much as like the thing that I do worry about is that I I hope that I don't, and I especially in season ones and season two, I was very upfront about at least on like the season finale of season one. I was very upfront about me being exactly kind of the conversation that we're having now was like, I'm not an expert. It's basically me attempting to learn and then sharing my learnings with whoever my audience was, which was no one at the time. Season one was like, there's no one. There wasn't that many people listening. So, but I also think there's, I I think there is utility and usefulness in a person like me talking about those things and it goes again with like i wouldn't have talked about them if i didn't do the education like i've not i would have nothing to talk about because i didn't know anything but because it was music based and because i did the research and i i feel a hundred percent 100 confident in the research that i did and the time that i took to understand as best as i could and i and I was, and this was always the thing that, and it still is always the thing that I fall back on. And I don't, it's the reason why I can actually talk about this pretty comfortably. So I'm just being honest, like a hundred percent honest. There's no other way I could have pulled it off if I just wasn't being honest about it and doing it with a hundred percent intentions in which I think are pure in terms of me just trying to learn through music, which again goes back to me, just like that is my passion at my core is like learning about, and again, it's the human experience. doesn't matter gender, race, sexual preference, like the human experience. That is what I'm interested in more than anything. Always seeing like R and B, like I said, history, something history and the future, two different things. I really am infatuated with. Mm. But um, always seeing like music as being like this long dialogue. Instead of reading the book of African American history, like I could I could listen to rap, and if it each, no matter what the genre of rap it is, you know they kind of subgenre it out, or um, of R and B in in general, I feel like it's like a a recorded history, mm. and so like it's still it's like telling this story. Of of uh, of of like, and that's why I sometimes like I talked to you about this before, but I kind of felt like like when you start branching off and it's not telling that story anymore. I don't know if it's still it's like it still sounds like hip hop mm. to me. I don't want to sound racist with it, this, but like, <laughs> but it's, it sounds like hip hop, but it just is not telling that story. Yeah. And I feel like like I I don't know. I like um, I like conscious kind of music in a way. Yeah. Or at least, if it's not conscious, it has it's telling the story, and it's giving you not like a glorified version. Even if even if it's that glorified version, then at least you have to understand that that's what it is. It's coming from a place of real experience. Yeah, or, or like it's not it's, just like uh, somebody who lived in the suburbs, and then they're just selling you something that's not something that they. Like imitative art, yeah. you know, they're just like, you know, imitating the real, nah. but you see, you always see that with every genre, but like, yeah, I can see how. 
Yeah. And so, so something to me about like, so like, like again, like those history lessons, I, I hear them in the music. I'm like, wait, this person must've read the same book I read or mm. they're talking about, you know, like there's nothing new under the sun. It's, uh, it's never what it is. It's nothing new under the sun. It's, uh, it's more like how it's done. Mm. Um, I hear the same message. It's like code. It's yeah. coding. Like, right. So there's, there's secret black code inside music mm. and, and I hear it. And mm. so like when I'm hearing it and I'm like breaking down, I'm trying to talk to like people about it. Uh, some people aren't interested in it and yeah. you know that, that. So then I find myself, you posted something on the internet and it was funny because it was like a dude sitting by a wall of a picture, like he was with his friends or something talking to him. Like you posted this, this thing and he's like, this is what it looks like when you're listening to a podcast. You're just like, you're looking at the picture of your friends. It was something like that. Like mm. I'm sitting here and it, it's you that I'm talking to. <laughs> I'm like, wait a second. I'm having a dialogue about black culture and things with you. And I was like, that's what I'm saying about um, music in general. It says back to the music, but like, that's what I'm saying. I feel like America almost like, well, jazz is the first form of American music and it comes from, you know, traditions in African drum mm. fused with, yeah. traditional classical music some people even say traditional classical music comes from some of the african drums and things that came out of africa so it's just like a super uh connection with music in that way and i i definitely um appreciate what you do with your podcast and well that i mean that touches on something that i would also say like as me, as someone who has consumed so much of black culture and the products of black culture, like I felt again, it goes all back to that. Like, do I even do this? Do I even start season one? And am I even in the position to do that? Like I thought about all the things that I've consumed from this, this culture that I really don't like, they don't teach you in school, like at all in like high school and college not really, unless you're taking certain classes on a certain major. Yeah, you have to go. You have to seek it out. It. Yeah, for sure. And a lot of it, even the stuff that we learned in school was like whitewashed 100%. Uh, yeah, for sure. I like, that's how I'm like, I make it even, so in our history books, when we teach history, and so uh, that's why I like teaching sixth grade, because you teach um, you teach ancient history. Mm. And so there's a section we teach Egypt. And then after Egypt, you're supposed to teach Kush. Most teachers I talk to, they always skip Kush. Mm. I'm like, this is the Kushites who, it's a great story because they went to Egypt, took over, became the pharaohs. So there's dark-skinned pharaohs and things. Uh, but they skip over that. I'm like, it was like a, a normal practice Going for teachers to, to skip that. Going back to pyramids. <laughs> You're like, what? You just totally <laughs> yeah. skip that whole section? I was like, nah, I'm on this section. Uh, but Well, that's the thing. But like, I almost <laughs> felt like, I wouldn't call it a responsibility, but like, I guess maybe an obligation would be tied back into like, do I do this or not? Like, yeah. Why wouldn't I try to learn more about this culture that I've consumed their beautiful creations? So like going back to jazz all the way back to jazz or blues, even like in the twenties, like they've, they've paved the way. Like the, this is the culture that I've, you know, we think of rock as a, as a white genre. It's like not, it's built on, Black, yeah. It's built on black music first, 
and then iterated on upon. Yeah. Same thing, same thing about jazz, like everything like really that we consume aside from, you know, European classical music, which doesn't have much of a place anymore, anywhere except in maybe film scores. Like it's all based on black culture or black, the, the products of black culture. Like why wouldn't I, try to learn more about that stuff that I've been consuming that I didn't learn in school. Like it's just all to me was just like, and then it all came actually down to this specific record because not every record or very few records would give you the education that to pimp a butterfly does. If you sit down, research every single reference. Um, so it's all it, just all these circumstances just kind of all kind of, all in one, yeah, all in one, just all perfectly in this one record. So, wow, wow, yeah, all right, man. I mean, that's an hour 47 we gave uh, him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but I'm having a great conversation yeah. with you, man. I don't, uh, that's, um, yeah, I wanted to just again, uh, thank you for coming through, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean. We could kick it after this too. Yeah, yeah. Right? I've got really I'm still much... working on this. Yeah, yeah. It's Pliny. I'm not kicking you out. I'm just like, <laughs> all right. Um, but you're a professional, so you could probably go forever. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I'm used to. I'm used to these actually. It's so crazy how fast this stuff. I don't. I don't. It doesn't for me. It didn't feel like two hours, but maybe for you, it did. Nah, hey, hey, come on now. Were you having like meaningful <laughs> conversations? Like time, just like not even. Anything, yeah, 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 it's uh, it's it's cool, man. Um, I just wanted to, you know, for again, congrats, thank you for yeah, coming yeah. through and congratulate you on your 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 success and everything like that. That's um, yeah, I mean, it's like again, just even seeing you win is like just motivation and also just um, you know, just again, just having someone I could talk to and and yeah, yeah. build with for sure. It's 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 great um before we close out you got any final thoughts on any subject we talked about or anything you want to promote or anything like that um and how can we find your work uh dissect you can just search uh well you should listen to on spotify because it's who pays me but uh if you don't have spotify it's on especially essentially every podcast platform so just search dissect it'll come up um it's the only thing I got to plug, yeah, you yeah. know, but this is great, man. I'm, I'm really glad we did it. We got to do it more too. I'm, have me anytime. All right, man. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. keep you there. Hey, got another recording. You heard him say that. <laughs> yeah. And if you're listening, if you're listening for the first time, cause you came here for dissect or for me, definitely subscribe here. Cause, uh, especially if you're a father, you got, uh, some great content. I'm sure more coming, th- coming through. Yeah, man. Thank you for that. Um, so right now what you're doing, uh, you just finished uh flower boy right tyler creator yeah which is um very unique you kind of introduced me to Ty- i knew tyler but i never really listened to much of his music i had like songs i liked yeah. but i never you know totally like was like uh, i was always on the fence with him like yo do i like same with music? me until like flower music? boy <laughs> yeah yeah for sure um all right so thank you for tuning in and we hope that you enjoyed the show uh, remember to follow us on familyfoundationpodcast.com, on the gram at Family Foundation Podcast. Contact us on familyfoundationpodcast at gmail. We are now available on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. And 
my Spotify, you know, I'm saying my last episode, I've got to get it right. It's kind of glitchy, but uh, I'm working on that. It's coming. Uh, if you enjoy our content, support us by rating the show, writing a review, and subscribing on all platforms. A family tie is like a tree. It can bend, but it cannot break. Peace, power, love, legacy. <laughs>